G'day Toy Power listeners, it's Frank here. As you might have guessed from the title of this episode, this is not new content. We've decided to drop a retro episode on you today. Look, with Toy Fair right around the corner and with our schedules sort of clashing a little bit, uh, we thought this is the best solution. This uh, comes from episode 40, which was published way back in November of 2017. Uh, As such, you won't hear Scotty, but you will hear our good friend Darren. So uh, enjoy this retro look. This is a fan-requested episode or a fan-favorite episode. It goes out to our mate Does10. It's what got him into the podcast back in the day. Uh, We're talking about Mask, the wonderful toy line uh, from the 80s. there's a bit more singing than you might be used to. That seems to be something that we've sort of phased out of our episodes these days. But uh, enjoy this retro episode of Toy Power, and we will see you next week. Oh, yeah, this is power. Welcome to Toy Power. This is the podcast where we talk toys and everything pop culture. I'm Trent, and it's great to have your company today for episode 40. Another great show lined up for you. We're going to do our vintage toy retrospective on some people that probably don't have some very good spelling. (laughs) Um, (laughs) We're going to get into the vintage toy awards. So we've got five categories for you today, and we're going to finish up with the latest scores so for the vintage toy retrospective we've got an interesting topic for you today so do you want to introduce us first yeah. mate or just hello just... my name is ben <laughs> <laughs> that was uh yeah do you want to just start <laughs> that over? might be worth uh, starting over i'm yeah. not editing this no i'm just no. gonna have to cop it no i'm not copying it <laughs> Hello, my name's Darren and I am a toy collector. (laughs) I'm doing this show on my own, you fools. (laughs) This is Frankie. I'm just the one who points out when Trent stuffs up. Which is quite often. (laughs) So, sorry, what are we doing, Trent? We're doing... Vintage Twilight Retrospective. Yes, and that will be the theme of the episode, Mocking Trent. So <laughs> we'll, we'll continue that theme now because we've got a little bit of a game to play. Um, just to shout it out, so we're going to do Mask. Mask, which is Mobile Armored Strike Command. And, you know, you've got to make it fit, so let's just spell Command with a K. That's all good. Oh, they're predating Mortal Kombat, like, you yeah. know. <laughs> yeah, so we, we're going to play a bit of a game with the Mask theme song. Um, and because of my poor intro, I think I'll do some of the singing. So we're going to see if anyone can sing the next line. Here we go. Trent's going to start us off. Oh, I'll, I'll give it a go. Oh, <laughs> oh you actually want to lead in there. Um, What's that? You want an intro. That's <laughs> ironic, isn't it? <laughs> I'll do the guitarist. Uh, <laughs> 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 All right, I'll give you. There, there's some green stuff on the screen. <laughs> That's it. Green lines. We'll give you a bit more. Mass crusaders working overtime, fighting crime, fighting crime. 
Secret Raiders <laughs> that will hypnotize till the day arrives. <laughs> well, let's find out. Neutralize. Track is gonna lead the mission. Spec Spectre? Spectro Spectro. Spectrum. Skeletal. <laughs> That's the one I know too. Spectrum's got such super vision. I reckon you've got it. Power that could save the day. Anyone else feel free to jump in. Nah. Me and Trent, no, Darren, miss. I know nothing. <laughs> Darren's just sitting there smiling like a Cheshire cat. I haven't watched enough of the series to know. Um, I do have the DVDs, but I just haven't watched them. Behind the masquerade. <laughs> masquerade, that's the point. Is that it's, it? It's a masquerade. Masquerade. No, no, that's definitely masquerade. Marsh- What's a masquerade? <laughs> Marsharona. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, that, that's that's mask charade. Surely it's got to be masquerade. Masquerade, masquerade's an actual word. Masquerade, yeah. masquerade like the party. Masquerade yes, party. Exactly. Uh, and the whole uh, point is they're wearing masks. Yeah. yeah, it's a play on words. Uh, I've got nothing. <laughs> <laughs> See the laser rays fire yes, away. See, that's the thing. I, I never knew that last. Is bit. it laser rays? I think you're right. <laughs> oh dear! Whew. All right. What we need? Well is done, CD guys. Let's <laughs> just. <laughs> we, originally, we had we had uh, planned for Chris Wisdom to come on this show, and and unfortunately couldn't make it due to a conflict. But that was really designed. for... For him that to would have along. been would have yeah. been amazing. I think Chris would have got into it. I think he would have. <laughs> but don't worry, we'll definitely bring Chris into another episode. Oh yes, he'll yeah. be here one day. I don't think that's the last we've heard of singing uh, intros uh, for future episodes. <laughs> well, that we... was quite fun to watch. <laughs> if we want listeners, do we have oh. to like? Will people just drop out if we're going to continue that segment? Is it just like? <laughs> Someone keep well, an eye on the stats. All those, all those shows like The Voice and all that are pretty popular. Right. I think we're on to something. Mm, yeah. mm. <laughs> well, people like laughing at the guys that are really bad, don't yeah, they? Yeah. So that gets good. You're either that really gets... good or you're really bad. Yeah. Either one gets good. Hits. <laughs> you I, won't I... have a music contract by the end of the week. I don't know what you're worried about. <laughs> Incident... You both might. You might be the next one half of the next boy band. <laughs> we're reprising lock, Rock Lords. We need a theme song. Go. <laughs> <laughs> I have to shout out to a, a colleague at this point in the juncture. It's not toy related, but it is Darren related because the, the guy's name is Darren. It's not the Darren on our show, <laughs> but his wife, this is, I don't know if we had a show here in Australia called pop stars. It was like before Australian idol and the voice oh, and all that yes. pop stars yeah, was like yeah. the very first one. I think it created, but yeah, yeah. anyway, so his wife um, wanted to audition. So she was lining up and he was there for moral support. And he's like, well, I'm lining up. I may as well have a crack. Like, I'm here. Done no prep, no auditioning. <laughs> but unfortunately, the only song he knew was It's Raining Men. <laughs> so he's got up, he's done it. It's it's one of those shockers. Yeah, yeah. And they've they've played it Put to it buggery. The, yeah, yeah. It's in like, the show. It's aired, it's done all that. He's on so, all the promos. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so shout out to you, Darren, there. That's uh, absolutely... <laughs> I, I just admire the How did his missus go? 
Didn't make it, didn't unfortunately, make it. no. Do people still come up to him and reference that? Like, is that something that he's... He's been shown so many times that people recognise. Someone him. has to have made a nickname out of that that stuck over the years. No, it's sort of Darren. Write in and tell us. <laughs> yeah, no. Unfortunately, it's um, it's not as viral as it could have been. But uh, fantastic sort of stuff. So but back to mask. So mask. It, it's look. It's a really nice toy line. Um, it's done by Kenner, and the main premise was basically this fight between. An underground task force called Mask, which, as we talked about, was Mobile Armored Strike Command, and then they were always battling, and it seemed a pretty consistent theme. Mm. You know that every episode they were fighting a criminal <laughs> organization called Venom, and we had a quiz question uh, on this that landed yes, with I'm you, Frank. To you, do you know what the uh, villainous? Evil Network of Mayhem? Vicious. Vicious. But yes. Ah, yep. yeah, I think yeah. you did the same. <laughs> <laughs> what was what was really fascinating for me for the cartoon was um, they tried to create a lot of suspense. So, mm. you know, Mars could be out there and there'd be this big there'd be this big problem like the Statue of Liberty has disappeared. <gasps> Who's dun, dun, behind dun. this? Like and, and it would really build the suspense. You know, what's going on? <laughs> we gotta really investigate this. Assemble the you know Assemble Mask, yeah. Uh, assemble the best operatives. Oh, yes, that's this. right. The, the operatives, com- yes. com- computer would select them and they'd go off on this mission and then wait a minute, who's that? It's Sly Rex. <laughs> you know, and then all of a sudden it's oh, it's mayhem. Uh, it, it, it's you know, Venom. It's Venom. You know, it's, it's Venom again. And, it, and it was, was always it, like that. Was it ever not Venom? It was never not Venom. I never saw one. I'm like, oh my God, it's going to be someone different. Oh no, it's, no, Ven- it's, it's Venom, Venom again. So. <laughs> I thought the computer thing was really cool because it was a really easy way for them to go, well, we've used this character in the last 10 episodes but hey there's a new toy coming out next week let's select him for this mission you know and it was a really easy way for them to just introduce new characters without having to provide continuity behind or where's this character gone because he was here last week sort of thing yeah it's very clever and you had vehicles you know there was one called I think Gator yes and it was a really nice you know orange sort of jeep full drive type thing and it would split open the action feature was and a boat would shoot out you know that's great but that really only works for water. He was the episodes. Aquaman yeah. of that show. Yeah, so it's like, honest. oh, we're in the city again. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, you're not coming on our mission. But he was in a lot of episodes because he had that whole southern sort of like really New Orleansy type accent. Yeah. Well, that's the other thing about the show was it was really um, had a lot of different characters from a lot of different ethnic backgrounds. Mm. So you had the Hispanic character um, Julio Lopez. Um, so it was really. It was quite a global sort of show. Yep. They even do an episode where they come to Australia. Oh, and I remember that one. I think there's and there's sort of the the local Aboriginal people. There's Ayers Rock, and okay. there's this you know there's something hidden inside Ayers Rock. That, you know, oh, of course it venom? opens up, <laughs> and there's treasure in there. You know, sort of. And I'm watching it going, it's not quite oh. how our Indigenous people are depicted <laughs> in hoarding <laughs> jewels and treasures and sorts of things. Wow. But, um. But so they, they did try. Sure of the times, yeah. Yeah. Look at it, I guess through nineteen eighties lens is not saying it's culturally <laughs> um, appropriate, but but you, you know um, things weren't necessarily as culturally appropriate as they could have been back then. No, no they weren't. But, but they certainly were trying. And you know, there was an episode where they go to they go to Ireland and, and mm. there's um, a rainbow and, you know, that points to the pot of the gold. You know? so, and that's where they're all... Yeah, that's the secret yeah. hidden location of some sort of treasure. So, But it did very well to be, I guess, quite diverse um, and bring in a, a number of different 
characters. Um, so it launched in 1985, and we got um, the franchise got a variety of products, including four series of the action figures, um, the animated television series that we've talked about, video games, and um, some comics mm-hmm. as well, which were pretty cool. And, and Ben brought in some of his um, Mars collection. Yeah, the, from the Marvel toy line, uh, from the Marvel uh, comic book series. I'm not sure how many are in the series, though. Uh, no, I couldn't find that. Cause I think- you type in Mask Marvel into um, Google and it just comes up with all the superheroes. So, yeah, of and then, course. And then even, even if you put the dots in between, mm. it automatically takes them out. Yep. So uh, my five minutes of Googling, I gave up. So that was my, <laughs> um, yeah, that was my effort tonight. Yeah, I believe it's one of those ones where like the US run was relatively short, but in the UK, UK big. it went on to like yeah. you know, 70, 80 episodes yep. around that around that sort yeah, of month. 75 episodes. Oh, sorry, sorry uh, the, the comic run I was yeah, talking sorry. about. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah the, comics, the TV show run was fairly extensive. Mm-hmm. You know, when we've talked about some other properties that got like 13 or 14 episodes to get, you know, 70, 70 odd was, was a pretty good run. It's yeah. a very interesting number because most uh, cartoons back then would get seasons of 65. Yes. So yep. it obviously went above and beyond the standard season. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there were... I think what happened was, and we'll talk a little bit now about the, the different um, releases in the toy line, um, and that sort of links into where they went with the show, but um, what we had was four waves of, um, I guess, vehicles, and there were a few play sets. Um, so 1985 through to 1988... The first two series were sort of what I guess you'd call your standard the core group, core, yep. core group and, and you had sort of two years of, of that. After that, they went into kind of the racing series. Was it Split Seconds? Uh, no, it was, was the next one. Split Seconds was the last one. Right. So you had, you had this sort of racing series where every mm. box had a, a checkered flag in there. And you had more racing-centric sort of vehicles. You had sort of the NASCAR. Yeah. Uh, Brad Turner had the NASCAR and um, a few things like that. Um, <clears throat> and then you got the split seconds, which was the final way. There was a very final figure, which I think was... Um, or, or, or set, which was the laser-powered, the infrared ones, mm, um, yeah. which, are, which are, I think, the rarest in the whole thing. But, but essentially, the last wave was split seconds. And... With the TV show, it went it went very much like the All toy the line, through, yeah. but you got to, and then it branched off with the racing series. But then after racing series, that's sort of where it ended. You didn't get any um, media in terms of the split seconds line. But split seconds was a really different concept. So the the first waves were really centered around you know a vehicle, or you had the Boulder Hill playset, and um, I think you even had this one where it was sort of like a sign. And yeah. uh, I can't remember, Billboard Blast, I think it was called, and it would fold down, it was yep. sort of being gun turret. And later on, you had one in the racing series, which I think was sort of like a, a boom gate, and that would... There was one that was like an evil one I had. It was like oh, a yeah, sl- the... sly rack. You could have coloured sly racks, and it was, it was uh, a like stop. a petrol pump yeah. that sort of flipped open, and it became like a launcher, like a spring-loaded. You put the tyres in there, yeah. and it would flick and, and fire yeah. them off. I forget the name of it. Yeah, but... I can't think of it off the top of my head. But there are a few sort of mini play sets, obviously... The Boulder Hill playset, which was which was pretty cool, the mm. gas station which they did the they operated out of that yep. was sort of the headquarters. Yeah, yeah. Um, but the real premise for the vehicles was it was a you know a car or a motorcycle or one. a helicopter. Yeah. yeah, that would that would change. So switchblade, you know, it was a, a, a fighter jet that would turn into a helicopter. 
Um, Thunderhawk, you know, a car. Is it a Camaro? Um, yeah, and that would change into it's red, into so it goes plane. pretty yeah, fast. It's a fast one. <laughs> but then when you got to split seconds, the concept changed, and it was okay. One vehicle now turns into two; it splits apart. Mm. Um, and there's some really ingenious designs in this one. Like there's a, a sort of a hotted up um, Volkswagen Beetle, and it out of it comes a a motorbike, and the the Beetle sort of transforms and the motorbike kind of the way it, it it slots together as it comes out and it compresses is really quite clever yeah. and you get some really nice vehicles others are a bit as well you go oh they've taken a plane they split it apart they've called one half of it a, a launch shuttle and the other half a tank and it's just like the back end of a the plane of a and you're like yeah. i don't see how that's a i tank. had i had and i can't tell you the name of it but it was basically a purple formula one car yep uh, that actually split into three, and the, there was two drivers either side of like this center console, and you'd press the thing, and boom, and then the two little racers with the, were like these like pods essentially. They had the wheels, and then the center bit. If you actually had a like a pilot's drone, it was a drone essentially, and and wings would flick out, and then that would look like a jet, like yeah. it was this little thin jet that would fly around. And I thought that was just really cool. Like it's you know, and the other thing I think they did with that is they were able to use. Um, existing characters like the actual figures that would go with them that that, that particular one was another version of uh miles mayhem who was you know the, the 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 evil leader and stuff um i think it was really cool when we say just to clarify for those who've never seen it when we say the vehicle's transformed you, to say that word now to people they just go oh it gets and turns into it no we're not talking robots yeah it is it's very much Flip this out here, you know, the, the smokestacks on like a big Optimus Prime-like truck flip down, point forward, and they become guns. Um, was it Rhino, yeah. that one? Yeah, yeah. And and there were actually a lot of play features, even if they weren't actually guns. We're talking firing missiles. Rhino, I think, had an ejection seat. So you actually put a figure in there, you press a button, and the button itself was not this glaringly red obvious button hidden. sticking on the side it was actually hidden on the back half of the truck and it looked like just a little bit of chrome that had a matching chrome on the outside but only one of them was a button and you press it and bang it fires a figure out so really well designed unfortunately with those things over time springs and these sorts of things tend to tend to go and to find ones that are still in working order and do all the clicks and the firing and stuff is is quite hard but yeah, yeah. very well designed yeah i remember as a child being you know, hugely into masks. One of the ones that always sticks in my mind, maybe because of the way it transformed and maybe because of the colour scheme, was Hurricane. Mm. And this is essentially a um, sort of Cadillac or Chevy or so, something of that nature. Oh, it's a big that, like, pickup truck, isn't it? No, no, this is the... The, the Lincoln-looking one? Yeah, oh, the, the yes, Lincoln. Yes, yes, it's like yes, it's yeah. a blue with flames yeah, on it. Yeah, 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 yeah. And it's really, like, it's quite nice and authentic looking to the whatever it is a 19 i'm not very good with cars but you know mm-hmm. a 1950 sort of american um, Hot yeah, yeah yeah and 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 so you know and then what happens is you, you flick the the tar- it sort of turns into this tank command module thing and it it kind of the wheels extend the base kind of extends out and a, and a six a fifth and a sixth wheel pop out mm. so now all of a sudden it's like a tank with six wheels um, the 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 bit flips up and a, and a tank kind of gun comes out. It's Front, got this. Yeah. It's got like the 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 lights pop out and this little radar dish comes out at the back. It's got like a buzz saw. Mm. You can flink, the, press a button. The tire flicks yep. off as like a missile. It's got all this really great 
display value and just the colors and, and it just looks really cool. Um, the other thing, all the all the characters, they're similar sort of size. I don't know what you call it, almost two inch. They're smaller small. than um, uh, the GI Joes, and they're small, Joe, even yeah. smaller than Dino Riders. Yeah, a little yep. bit tiny, yep. bit smaller than Dino yep. Riders, and probably a bit more slender. Yeah. Um, but the I guess obviously we're talking about masks. So one of the the critical concepts of it is that all the characters have a, a little helmet or a little mask that goes on, unique to their own. Yeah, yep. unique, and it's it's got and. It's got a power imbued. So, you know, Spectrum, we, we sang it in the song. It's got supervision. So yep. he can see things with that, you know. Yeah, X-ray that, um, vision X-ray type vision. thing. Uh, but, who was there? Bruce Sato had... Um, Lifter? Lifter. Lifter. Yeah, yeah, it was just this big goggle type thing that could, oh, this boulder has fallen on someone. Help, Lifter. And they yep. and it was one of the... It, it, like, was a lot of things in that time. They'd have to... It was like Siri activated. You had to, like, yep. say the name of the power to yep. get it to do what you wanted it to do sort of thing. So there was that technology not just in the the vehicles themselves but they were you know wearing the technology on their heads yeah um and it's a big part of the cartoon series and and i guess a lot of people would have lost those masks so it's it's fairly collectible from character to character so you had matt tracker he came in rhino he also came in thunderhawk it was a different mask and it had different powers so right throughout pretty much i think you get to the end and you get to that that laser um, vehicle set I was talking about. He's got a repaint, I think, of the the Rhino version of the mask. Um, but for the most part, they they had unique sculpts, unique outfits when the characters were sort of re released. Um, yeah, some motorized functions. There was one called Volcano, and you'd put a battery in that. It was basically a big monster truck. Oh yes, and um, yep. it would drive along. And then what would happen? It was pop open like a volcano, almost the truck would split in half, yep. and this big turret would come out the the middle middle. and then it would keep driving along and the turret would rotate so um, a little bit of battery action um, but for the most part they were sort of transforming vehicles a lot of spring spring loaded action as as you said quick transformation like click something and it sort of springs out um, which was which was pretty cool. Yeah, I had I had uh, one of the big ones. I had was Snake Oil, like the actual. Oh, it was a massive truck. Yeah, the oil tanker. Oil tanker was just this huge thing, you know, way bigger than a complete Optimus Prime sort of thing. Really chunky. The back flips open, and it was a bit of a parts former in that there was. Uh, there was stuff that sort of spring loaded but the sides would pop out and then you'd have to connect this little hose to this little like it was like a generator or something there was a radar thing that stuck and spun around and then the cab would sort of flip forward and there was a pop-up module with a firing grapple gun yep. and and they just had in the in the middle this massive um the howitzer oh, it was huge yeah. and the coolest thing was you could actually take it out like it was designed to come out and you walk around this thing and it looked like a small torch like this is the size we're talking about and the missile bloody hurt. Like it had a rubber tip <laughs> yeah, it was to rubber, it, yeah, but it was yeah, solid yeah. plastic. And you walk up, you could just run around the house with this like torch-looking thing and go, "Hey, hey, little sister, bang!" Ah, like it was evil. It yeah. was, but it was so much fun. Packed a punch, didn't yeah. it? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, very good. Um, just on the TV show, so I think we talked a little bit about that and how it had seventy-five episodes done by Dick Enterprises Incorporated. So. Um, I think the same company that did Inspector Gadget. True. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah. Um, more recently, uh, the other thing I, I think of interest is it did come with some mini comics. 
Some of them did come with mini comics. Mm, I don't remember. I had, right. a, I had a fair old mask collection. I don't remember any mini I, I, comics. They had um, on the um, on the sort of uh, instruct not instruction manuals, but the you know like the or toy advertisement um, mm, uh, brochures. Brochures. Yeah. It had a bit of a story thing going on yeah, there. Yeah, I remember the story because the story was. Re- I can't remember what where I it seem to remember from, them being, um, and I didn't have any, but I seem to remember just as we're talking about it, them being the same size as the Superpowers Kenner mini comics. Yeah. And I, that makes me wonder, uh, because again, this is someone who smaller. didn't click the line. Mm. Uh, they were okay. small, um, so easily lost. But also, if we look at when Mars started and when Superpowers started, the final year of the Superpowers line, uh, there were no, no mini comics. So they were phased out during the course of the line, and maybe Mask is the same sort of deal. Mm, because... Might be the case. Yeah, I remember reading the story. The story was quite. Uh, yeah, there it is. There is. Oh, there, there is one. So we're, we're that's, accurate. That's, that's Google. Thank you. Yeah. But the <laughs> thank you, Google. My recollection of. Am I of... right? Did I have that superpower sort of vibe about no, it? Yeah. It's, it's hard to tell. It's, it, it's it all, sc- like it's it, all yeah. um, scanned in uh, from um, you know a scanner, so it's hard to tell the size. Mm. But yeah, where I was going was the the story in that mini comic that I remember reading was essentially Matt Tracker. Uh, I think it's Miles Mayhem who's the chief protagonist, working with Tracker, but then sort of double crosses him, and he he sets out on stealing these plans to these you know new vehicles that yeah, new, technology, gonna, new technology, yeah. and actually Matt Tracker has a younger brother who dies in in Miles Mayhem's. Uh, attempt to take and steal oh, the plans. I don't remember that. So he actually yeah. passes away, the younger brother, um, in that. Miles gets away with half of the plans, hence why, you know, his Venom team has half, yeah, and then yeah, yeah. the, the mask guys keep the other half. And that story was obviously changed for the um, cartoon series. I think in that, it's Matt Tracker's dad that crash lands somewhere and gets the, the power, basically, mm. of the mask that yep. can be imbued. By the local tribes people so it's sort of a little bit different in that respect idw has just wrapped on a 10 part mask comic series mm. so part 10 i think i just got from um, the comic book store a couple of weeks back and um, that is going to be continued in some larger crossover event so this is the whole thing with the um sort the of revolution, rev- revolution, revolution yeah. that's combining G.I. Joe, Transformers, Micronauts, Rom. Rom, yeah, and, and other things. And that San Diego Comic Con just gone. They did the um Revolution Pack, uh, with Jet Fire, um, Matt Tracker as he's portrayed in the IDW comic book series. Um there there has always been this sort of mild resurgence I guess you'd call it where there I guess it's Hasbro that's testing the water mm. as to what a mask revival might look like and where we have seen figures in the past is sort of integrated into the G.I. Joe line so we saw the specialist tracker um, action figure done in that sort of G.I. Joe updated yeah. uh, Well, style. with that, there was talk with the um, G.I. Joe as a movie franchise. Obviously, that sort of stalled after the, the second one. And it's depending on which reports you read. But part of what they were talking about is the third one is going to, will p- potentially, would act as an intro to Mask. You'd have Matt Tracker and these guys show up. It's still a G.I. Joe movie. And then Mask movie as a franchise would spin spin out of that and whether that leads to a toy revival and that sort of thing whether that actually comes to pass who knows but be interesting I think there's a good chance that if a film did come off that there'd be a movie based toy line 
Oh yeah, yeah. Two if it gets that, 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 that would probably be the best way of them reintroducing the toy line into the market with the backing of a movie, mm. uh, because um, they only got one figure in the GI Joe line, uh, and um, that was it. Yeah. yeah, most people just go, oh, that's that's a bit different, and just yeah, not know. But it was very, origins. Yeah, yeah, it was very well done though. Yeah, mm. I don't really understand the helicopter backpack he had unless that's something there was a bunch of yeah. figures that were like didn't come with vehicles that's they right. had like adventure packs yep. type thing yep. and it was quite literally closer to what you'd term a normal figure but it was just a figure on the card had a backpack and had more accessories uh, one of them that was like a jungle version and he had a little backpack with wings he had a bit of rope so he could you know climb out of situations uh, there was a snow one, I think, with Bruce Sato yep, where right. his backpack would sort of construct one way and it's a helicopter, but then you take the blades off yes. and they attach to his feet oh, as skis yeah. right. So as for a snow thing. So they even in those little packs, and they were fairly cheap, um, still had that that thing of taking one thing and turning it two into to- something two else. Two toys in one. Correct, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Very good. Well, that'll probably wrap our mask vintage retrospective. So if you've got any thoughts... Um, or uh, other comments you can shout out to us on our Facebook page I kind of wish I didn't sell mine now I, <laughs> I had a whole bunch and I know Transport some and, and, and some other people from our SA Toy Collectors group and the more I think of it like the the problem I had at the time I just didn't have the, the space to display them and so I had to make that decision go right Masters, Transformers, Turtles that's, that's yeah. where I'm sticking and rather than just stick them in a box and forget about them I was like nah the stuff like snake oil, they're big, big, chunky vehicles, got to go. And uh, now I just look at it and go, oh, man, they were really cool. Like, I see the stuff Trent's got, and I was like, why did I get rid of it? I've got but... a ton of doubles if you, <laughs> you want to hit me up. I don't have a ton of money, so nah. it's not a great match. Nah. No, that's all good. <laughs> all right. Time for another segment. And um, this is the one where we generally try and get dressed up in our best attire for. The Vintage Toy Awards. That's right, it is the Vintage Toy Awards. We've got five categories, and this is the segment where we basically go through and try and pick our favourite toy for the particular category. We'll start and go around the room from Ben, Darren, Frank, and then myself. And the first category today we have is the best camouflaged toy. Radio. So for me, it was the Kenner Ambush Predator. Uh, it was a mail-away figure. It was translucent, uh, depicting the stealth camouflage of the Predator scene in the films. Mm. So I've, I've always been a huge fan of that uh, figure, and uh, I think it definitely uh, is awesome as camouflage. Fair enough. I'm going to... This is just my personal favourite. Um, different people might have different views but um, I'm going to say Mossman from the Masters Universe um, franchise I still have um, vivid memories from childhood of the cross-sell art of how on the back of the card about how he's sort of blending in with the the, the trees and 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 that and that just fired my imagination off you know for what was essentially a repaint of Beastman with flocking they just just that art alone did so much to differentiate yeah. the character and his powers and his abilities. You know, a little thing for me about Master Universe was always the diversity. Everyone's good at something, yeah. you know, um, yeah. and and their strength or their skill yeah. set or whatever. Um, he, he doesn't just smell good. No. Um, That's right. <laughs> just on that also, um, 
I know uh, different Castle Grayscales are all slightly different, painted, they're mm. painted slightly differently, and I know over time they can fade and whatever. But um, my uh, particular moss man almost uh, camouflages into my Castle Grayscale, so mm. I've always uh, displayed him because they're all of extremely close in shades of green. So I've always displayed him right, right next to the uh, uh, the drawbridge, um, standing there as almost camouflaging into the. That uh, is <laughs> perfect cool. because. <laughs> Because it plays into his strength and also you can, you know, the great thing about Ben's display or a lot of people's displays with Masters is there's a story. You Mm. can look at it and you can think, you know, they're fighting over it. Who might think they're about to conquer Grayscale? And then unbeknownst to them, Boss Man's just blending in. Yeah, that's right. I mean, he's just so I'm just chilling here. It's like that mini-comic where Skeletor and his henchmen come up to the castle Grayscale and like, no one's defending it. There's just these two rocks here. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, look, for mine, the uh, best camouflage toy is, um, uh, I believe it's still classed as vintage, but the next mutation, turtles, they did a line of the, I think they were called the turtleflage, like a play on the on the word, and the concept was their bandanas were actually really large and cloth, and that it would wrap around them and hide them. And what was really clever about that is, I don't know if it was on the front or the back, but there was a place on the card. So, for example... Uh, Leonardo's bandana had like sort of a brick type texture to it and that matched the artwork on the card so you could stand the card up and he blends into the background type thing I thought it was it's kind of ridiculous but you know no more so than any of the other variants you get with turtles Um, but it actually you know was a really nice a nice feature that was the second wave wasn't it yeah yeah yeah, I remember them yeah half worked yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah they disappeared. Work. Nobody <laughs> noticed them, and they didn't get sold. <laughs> um, I've got a shout out to the vintage Star Wars line. We had a, or me and my brother had the Endor soldier. So it's just, I guess, it's from the Jedi film. It, he's sort of wearing the almost the helmet with the, you know, that that sort of very Endor iconic design. He was sort of a green color. Um, playing with him one day, left him out on the grass. And Dad went over him with the lawnmower. He was so well camouflaged. So, um, had to shout that one out. <laughs> there's a, um, that had to hurt that time. <laughs> it did. Well, it hurt him more than it hurt me. I think there's a mem that comes up every now and again uh, about uh, laser beak or buzzsaw. You know, yeah, the yeah. wife picks up and uh, says, uh, "What's this little cassette doing here? You know, what, 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 what the hell, hell are you using cassettes for?" <laughs> and then it's at the bottom. Laser beak, still, you know, um, still fooling people. Yeah. Twenty years later, yeah, that's right. Yeah. <laughs> so that's that's always a good one. Shout out to that. Okay, we're, we're bucking the trend a little bit with the next one. It's not necessarily vintage, but the best Lego set post two thousand, and we've done this because we wanted to split it between pre two thousand. We, we had to because <laughs> there's too many good Lego yeah, sets out right. there. So post two thousand. All right, so mine was Benny's spaceship, spaceship, Damn it, spaceship. Mine. <laughs> Not only because he's got an awesome name, but it's just uh, it, it's it's what you it's one of those um, updates that you uh, just like. Yes, that's what I imagined the vintage space yeah. Lego look like in my in yeah. my mind, and then seeing what it actually looks like today, it's, really it's like oh, <laughs> but, and, and then and then seeing that. It's like one of those um, times that it's a no-brainer. I yeah. must have, have that. To have, have, that, have to I have think it. We've probably all bought one here. Yeah, I've yeah. got two. I've got one. Yep, I've got have one. You got one? Yeah, I've got yeah, one. Yeah, we've all got it. Yeah. There you go. Yeah. <laughs> winner, winner, chicken dinner. Yeah. <laughs> mm. Darren. So um, 
I'm gonna get I'm torn um, and this is probably not gonna surprise too many people that listen to this or people that are in this room um, I'm gonna give a big shout out to the um, Batman second Arkham Asylum um, Lego set Yep. And the Batman 66 oh, Lego yeah. Batcave. Oh, yeah. nice. yeah, yeah. um, they're two that are near and dear to my heart. Um, not always the easiest to find either. They were both exclusives in Australia to, to target. Um, so, But yeah, there's just something about, about each of them. Trent knows that I wax lyrical for more than a decade <laughs> about my um, wish that someone would produce a Arkham Asylum playset. Um, to for my villains, you know we've had that many bat caves offered to us. Not that bat caves aren't cool; that they're wicked. But um, you, you kind of think that Arkham Asylum's such a big part of the franchise that that you'd like a playset of it. Uh, Lego gave us gave us one. Mm. Yeah, two in fact. As you yeah, two. Yeah, yeah, exactly. But yeah. the second one is superior in yep. sort of look. Yeah, that's yeah. funny. I had um, as I said, a Benny spaceship was going to be mine as well. But a funny story with the Arkham Asylum one. So it was Christmas time at the time when that was out, and my wife was was going shopping and and she saw it there, and it was on you know whatever it was like fifty bucks off the the normal sort of price. But she'd she'd already bought a whole lot of Christmas presents for me. She's like, oh, I know you'd love that. Da, da, da. Anyway, Umdenard didn't buy it in the end. And she told me about this after. I was like, oh, that would have been really cool. And then I looked it up and I'm like, this thing had every like minifigures. It was just, it was Batman, it was Robin, it was all the core villains. And I'm like, that that would have been like really amazing. And it's still one of these things that whenever there's like Lego, my wife sees Batman Lego, she's like, that bloody Arkham Asylum. Yeah. <laughs> I knew I should have got it. Like, And of course, to get it now is, yeah. is a oh, hideous amount of money. Yeah. Um, so I'm going to go with, um, what probably started our, my wife, my wife, my wife doesn't get really into the toy collecting stuff, but our shared passion along those lines is, is modern day Lego stuff. The big kits, we don't often go for the, the smaller ones, but it's Benny's spaceship. It's, uh, the sea cow from the yep. Lego movie, uh, the Ewok village, those sorts of ones. But the one that started it all was the R2D2, the, uh, and he's like 30 centimeters high, a foot for our American friends. Um, but he's, he's big, full-scale R2-D2. He's got action features where you can, the little, um, his little thing comes out and he can like, you know, that he would interact with the um, the doors and stuff. Uh, the head spins around. It, it's on wheels. The, the middle sort of foot of him can actually go up and down. He can lean back or forward like he does in the in the movies. And yeah, just a really cool... Really cool figure. Funny story related though to Benny Spaceship. I had my cousins from Melbourne come over recently and, and they're into Lego. They've got two young sons, so they're all across it. And he'd seen the Lego movie and he's like, oh my God, it, did you like crack? You know how Benny has the, the, the yes, chin strap yes, on the helmet yes. and it's actually cracked? And he goes, did you break that? I said, no, no, it comes it like that. Him. And he stopped his wife about three times going, it's the thing and it's broken she's like it's broken no 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 but that was because they always used to like do that in the original ones and they they did that deliberately and his wife was just so thoroughly unimpressed and he was just this kid again going don't you understand how cool that is like (laughs) so yeah very cool sadly it was lost (laughs) yes exactly not on us (laughs) no not on us never on us exact same moment when I first saw that I couldn't believe it very clever um I'm going to go with the Simpsons house and I've got it up there so people can sort of have a quick look. Um, it's modular. So the basically you build the Simpsons house, it's two story, you fold it out and it's got all the rooms. It's nice. got them watching the TV. It's even got the chin scratchy show on it. It's got a full decked out kitchen 
everyone gets a Bart room. You've got Bart's lucky red cap, you know, that he turns Homer's shirt pink <laughs> in one of those classic <laughs> episodes. It's just got so many nods to the Simpsons episodes and, you know, that great era of the Simpsons. Yeah. Um, Does it have the cat and dog? Santa's little helper um, and, um, and, and Snowball? Snowball, yeah. Snowball. No, so, I don't no. believe so. But that, but that was, the, sorry, that was the, the kickoff for the Simpsons Lego, wasn't it? Uh, it'd be prime, it'd, you had it, the minifigures No, no, I think first, it, I think it, I think it, think? I think it um, beat the minifigures out. Right, because right. They, cause they're the original uh, coloured Simpsons characters or they're slightly different and then the mini com, and then the um, uh, the uh, individual wave uh, was a, is a variant. They're, they're variants. Yeah. They're not the same. Like, okay. So yeah, yeah, like the eyes might be slightly different. And, and I think the color of some of the shirts. As yeah, well. like and you I got Mo, Mo uh, sorry, not Mo, um, Flanders. Flanders. You do get a Flanders. Yeah. You get yeah, and you've got a few things in Homer's garage that say property of Flanders. <laughs> Flanders. Yeah, nice. <laughs> the air conditioning <laughs> unit, I think, is property of Flanders. But yeah, no, really, really nicely done. Um, a lot of great details, and and I just had a lot of fun building it and seeing all the details in it. Um, so that was pretty cool. Bit of a different one here, but look, there were some great advertisements back in the day. Um, so I don't know if there's one that sticks in your mind, which is sort of the best toy ad. Yeah, so I found this one really hard because I have a very very vague memory of toy ads. Um, you know, they might have been amazing at the time, but um, I don't really remember them. And uh, as much as I love my Master Universe, I had to go with something else. Um, and this one was where, uh, one that I discovered as an adult uh, that probably never even uh, broadcast in, in Australian shores. And that would be the Diaclone Microman Transformers uh, commercial. And the reason I chose this one, uh, um, it, this one would have predated Transformers, and they would have wouldn't have any clue of what Transformers uh, would, um, uh, you know, allude to and become later on in years. But the way, the reason I chose this one uh, over others is because it's all stop motion. It's it's mm. it's it's G one Transformers yes. uh, stop motion. You've got Optimus Prime rolling along this amazing diorama, um, a road and a sort of desert. And he transforms and he, you know, it's just, it's like watching the cartoon, except you're watching the Using real toy the transform. And, yeah, you know, it, 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 I've just got to give so, uh, so much respect for them to do that. And, um, you know, I've never done stop motion myself, but damn, that would take a very, very long time to do. It takes a very uh, long and, time. Um, yeah. <laughs> and to make those Generation 1 toys... Um, you know, prior to G1, um, you know, to transform like that and everything, I just massive respect. So that one gets my big yeah, thumbs you, up. Yeah. YouTube that one if you're listening because that is sensational. Yep. So and, it, and it features quite a few of the cars that yeah. like Sunstreaker, Red Alert, um, yeah, a few others, mm. uh, and um, some of them in quite, um, yeah, variant colors that we actually got in the like, actual Transformers line. So yep. check it. I don't know if I can pick one. Uh, it's a tough question. I've thought about it a lot during the week. And, um, yeah, I've got a lot of fond memories of, of toy ads, and I've seen quite a few or revisited quite a few of those and their lines on um, YouTube. One that just spring to mind that was I was a bit older when it aired, though, was the... Um, the uh, new Batman Adventures toy line. Um, I don't know if people are familiar with that. And they're advertising the the wave with Nightwing and and the Tim Drake Robin and and, and the Batmobile. And, and I can remember they actually had Danny Offerman's score from Tim Burton's Batman 
on the toy commercial, even though it was, you know, the sequel to Batman the Animated Series, and just for how how cool a nod that is. And, you know, that's actually on YouTube now if people want to, want to see that. So that that's one that springs to mind, but a lot of um, soft spots for a lot of the old Masters of the Universe toy commercials as well. I can remember them quite vividly, and every now and then there was a toy, not often, a toy ad where I hadn't actually seen the figure, and I saw the ad first. Usually it was the other way around, but every now and then they'd sneak an ad on before I saw the figure. And one that springs to mind is the Stinkor ad. And um, Orko, with the ripcord, going up to Stinkor and then fainting um, due to the smell. And I, I'll never forget that. Um, it's just like, he's so overwhelmed. Right? And as a kid, I just thought that was so cool. <laughs> oh, very good. Um, yeah, I was going to mention the the, um, the Diaclone oh. stuff because was, you, 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 just... you and I are going to sink or something, man. <laughs> yeah. Honestly, because they're so good because yeah. it's it's the and I've done stop motion before and it is time consuming. Mm. But you know they would often have and that was the big difference with the Japanese commercials versus the American stuff. The American stuff obviously would use a lot from the cartoon and you'd see a cartoon bit of Optimus Prime and then the figure as if to say, hey, hey, this is the representation. And kids in the background yeah, playing with them. Yeah. Yeah. The, in the Japanese stuff, you don't ever see other humans, basically. You see the toy and it is just the toy. But they'll you talk about you've talked about dioramas in, in a in an earlier episode and they would make their there was little trees on the yeah. side of the road and yep. there was explosions that were actual sparks, yep. like flint flint sort of sparks and, and smoke and stuff. And they were just absolutely phenomenal and just like Make a show like that, please. Yeah. Like using the actual actual figures. <laughs> um, probably the other one that sort of jumps out to me is the some of the Super Soaker ones. Because again, a lot of the stuff with, with toys, it comes down to imagination. These ads, you're watching kids get absolutely drenched going, Super Soaker 30, Super Soaker, Super Soaker 50, no! Nah! And, <laughs> and in slow motion, water fights look even cooler. Yeah. Like, <laughs> I remember yeah. they had for Super Soaker this one where you could change the direction of the nozzle. Yep. And the the ad was like everyone was around him and he was cornered and there were like five guys and he's just like <laughs> changing the direction of the nozzle, getting them all there. Ah! I seen that yeah, same thing where you could you could go up, someone's around the corner, yeah, you yeah, point yeah, the nozzle to the left and yeah. ah, you don't even have to see them. Yeah. Like. <laughs> I can see how that must have been um, dreadful too. Oh no, I've been shot by water. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's so like, cool though, like, like, I remember them so vividly. Yeah. Mine was um Oh look, I love all that stuff. is is absolute gold, and um, I remember when I think I did the opening grand unveiling of my toy room, and I I lined up I think about an hour of toy ads to yes, play on the yes, TV, yes, and we just yeah. running. We're gonna do that again awesome. one day. Yeah, that was just awesome. Um, that was a lot of fun. One of my favourites is I think the Dino Riders toy lines because they're motorised, and the Torosaurus ad that that's basically advertising Torosaurus and Dino Riders line was one that. And basically had this armor plate covering the full back of the dinosaur and you pushed a button on the back and the whole thing would open up like a flower and inside mm-hmm. were these two laser guns um, that had light up features and just the, again talking dioramas just the way they made this thing look all the dinosaurs were moving in the different angles and the smoke and it was just done so beautifully and it just you know who wouldn't want to just rush out yeah, and yeah, say, I yeah. want this for Chris? Because they just looked so cool yep. in that setting. Um, okay, the fourth category we have, and I could see Ben stealing Franks again on this one, <laughs> um, the best builder figure or combiner figure. Yep. 
So that that's a figure that's made up of different parts. Different, yeah. So I've got two, and um, bash me if you that's wrong, but too bad. Um, Predator King from the Transformers line, right? So, I'm just going to go home. Ben, you can do my parts. Um, I have so much respect for Predator King. It was the, it was sort of the um, one of the first uh, Transformers uh, that Hasbro built in-house and didn't borrow ideas from um, the Japanese Takara mm. Tika- uh, and Micronauts and all those sort of lines. Uh, the colour scheme just uh, is beautiful. The red, um, sorry, the orange, yellow and black. Um, and uh, the fact that they were uh, the uh, oversized compared to their other predecessing um, the combiners. Uh, and uh, they're, they're wild animals. Like there's, you know, boars, uh, lions, uh, you know, panther, uh, the big wings on the back, and and the, all of them had swords. And I'm a big fan of robots with you know swords. <laughs> like it, all, any robot can have a big laser gun, but it takes you know strength to be able to wield a sword. I, I believe it's um, sort of brings them back to medieval times, and I love that. And uh, number two is uh, Vehicle Force Voltron. I yeah. mean, fifteen uh, characters that form into one. Um, it might be you know paying a bit of homage to the fact that I've recently got one in my collection, a vintage one. Um, but uh, it, it had to be shouted out. So yeah, nice. Yeah. So um, I didn't really have any build um, figures or combiners. As, as a child, um, I do remember them vividly, and I have a bit of that stuff now. Um, but one that really screams to mind that's really well done, partly because it really took me back to how I felt about the vintage counterpart, is the DC Universe Classics uh, Dark Side or Dark Seed, um, depending on how you want to pronounce that. Um, for me, as a child, the superpowers Dark so I looked huge compared to the other superpowers figures in the line and towered above them. And, and this making Darkseid a builder figure in the DC Universe Classics line for me was just a perfect homage to what my imagination as a child had built this character up to be. It was like they the take sc- him to the next step and yeah. made him so much... The scale. The yeah. scale so much above um, you know other characters in the line and just made him look all the more intimidating and, and dangerous. Yeah. All right, I've just quickly looked up another one because uh, Predator King was going to be mine. Um, but basically, the um, the Sentinel from yeah. the Marvel Legends uh, it was one of the earlier ones they did. Uh, Second one, I think. Yeah, it was yeah. Wave 10, according to what I've just read. So that's fairly early on in the line. So I think it's still classed as vintage because we're talking quite a while ago now. But um, it, it's one of those ones that just made sense. You know, I've always find it odd with these build a figure concepts where you, you get the figure, your chosen figure, and then there's the torso of the Hulk in there or something. It just, and then, you know, having to click it together. But building a robot mm. together just makes perfect sense. And in those early days, obviously a lot of X Men in those, those first few waves. And so it made sense to have the Sentinel as their enemy. And they got the scale right. Oh. You know, some of the other builder figures, you're talking Galactus who arguably should have been twice the size if you were to do it right. Apocalypse was, was pretty good in terms of his scale, but the Sentinel, bang on. He had the, the, the tendril things that were coming out of him and, and everything, and it just looked amazing. Yeah. Now, it did very reminiscent as well of sort of... Was it Night of the Sentinels, which is the first X-Men yep. episode? Yep. It's sort of in that, again, that very iconic... It's design. comic booky, but yeah, still, but like, updated. it looks... Yeah, it yeah. fits in with the rest of that line really well. Yeah. 
Yeah, um, for me, um, again, probably not 100% vintage. Goes back to the, um, as Darren was talking about, the DC Universe Classics line. They did a line for, I think, two waves for Green Lantern within that DC Universe Classics yeah. line. Uh, it was a subline called Green Lantern Classics, I believe. Yeah, it coincided with the uh, Ryan Reynolds film. Yes, that's yeah. right. And in that, one of the builder figures, and I collected that line uh, mint on card, so I never got to build into big builder figures. But there was a character in that particular wave called Still, and he's essentially what Frank's talking about. He's a robot. And I find, just broadly, and it's just a, a sweeping statement, but... I was collecting DC Direct or DC Collectibles at the time, as well as the Mattel stuff. And for the most part, I thought the DC Collectible stuff was of a, of a superior quality and sculpt to what we got in the Mattel line. That's not, not putting the Mattel line down in any way, but I just felt sometimes the, the way they were executed with DC Collectibles was, was slightly better. Not the case with Still. The, the DC Direct version was really quite poor, in my opinion. So when I got that in the Green Lantern line, and I knew this Mattel version was out there with that, that version of Still, bigger and just so much cooler looking, I had to get a second set of that of that wave, open them up so I could do the build nice. figure. So, well done, yeah, man. Yeah, cool. Enjoyed that one. Cool. All right, final category. Um, this is a big one. So the best toy line of 1995 yeah. alright so I'm speaking on my personal experiences what I had in my toy collection what I was collecting probably in 1995 and my first uh, initial reaction was oh that was right at the, at the initial uh, starting kickoff point of Alien and Predator which was released in 1994 and then I sort of thought hang on a sec no that was me drooling over the counter at John Martin's, looking at their display and thinking, <laughs> "How the hell am I going to, or you know, afford a twenty-dollar action figure?" Because that's what they were priced, and um, I didn't certainly didn't have enough pocket money for that. So um, my and but then later on they were four dollars clearance, and that's how I collected my uh, Alien Predator. Anyway. Um, so my uh, shout out goes to the 1993 Tyco Crash Dummies toys. So um, my brother and I um, uh, collected them and together, sort of uh, saving up our pocket money and buying them. And we got a few sets for Christmas and uh, we built quite a collection of them together. And um, I have very fond memories of uh, all those toys. And it's um, definitely a very, very cool toy line, even um, in today's standards. Very mm. unique. Absolutely. So as as Ben said, this is um, purely subjective. So I'm not by any stretch of the imagination saying that it's the best, but it's certainly a favourite of mine and it's near and dear to my heart. And I'm going to say the Batman Forever movie line um, from Kenner. And there are several reasons why I would reference that one. Uh, I, I'm a bit older than everyone else in this room, so I followed the production of um, the Batman movies from the 1989 film onwards extensively and I was aware that um, there were studio concerns and licensor concerns about how Batman Returns was received and more to the point how it performed in terms of sales and whether or not there would be a third Batman film as a result of that was a, a major major issue so seeing Batman Forever come out um, the lead up to it and seeing the toys selling really really well 
was a big, big thing for me. Um, and they did so really well. They moved really quick. I can remember having fly-on effects in Batman the Animated Series and Legends of the uh, of Batman um, line from Kenner also moving as a result of that. It had that whole Batman's hot again um, feel to it. Also, um, um, really good friend of mine, um, the late Steve Young, who, who I was friends with for, um, you know, um, the last 29 years of his 33 years on this earth, um, he gave me um, as a... Um, as a birthday gift, the um, power beacon Batman. So, you know, I guess, you know, that's another reason why it's, you know, it's a line that I, I have a high regard for. Yeah, absolutely. Um, 95 for me was kind of right in the middle of me just not being into toys. I mean, 95, I'm talking I would have been year nine, I want to say. So, you know, I, I was high school, so, I, you know, I'm, I'm too old for toys kind of thing. And, um but thinking back to what was big around that time was Toy Story. Uh, Toy Story came out in late 95, I believe, if I've got my timelines right. You have. Um, thank you. I, knew, I knew Darren <laughs> would know. <laughs> Mr. Walking Encyclopedia. Um, and I just remember being blown away, never mind from an, an animation point of view, but that concept of toys coming to life when you're not around I swear they stole that idea from me. Like they reached into my brain because that that as a kid, and so being blown away by that concept, and then seeing toy aisles full of Buzz Lightyear figures, and they and they had the you know the little the LED light up and the, and the sounds and stuff. You go, this is this is surreal. Like it's it's life imitating art because you see that in the movie yeah, and yeah. and all that sort of stuff. And I just thought, yeah, that was very cool. Not something I ever really collected and stuff. I, I'll be honest, I've, I've hovered over Toy Story stuff a number of times but then I go oh how deep do I go do you just get Buzz and Woody and, and, and all those sorts of questions so yeah shout out to Toy Story yeah no, very good call they've all been good calls um, for me probably the one that I was into and again it was this was an interesting one because it is that transitionary time was well, the same for me probably Power of the Force um, oh, yeah, Wave call. 2 I think was out in 95 and definitely got into that in a big way um, so that was sort of part of my reintroduction back into action figures and toys was through that, that Power of the Force line. Other shout-outs. One that I've collected recently, um, Earthworm Jim. That came out oh, in 1995. Right. So I've been trying to put together that line. Exo Squad as well. Yeah, Apparently, nice. 1995, Apparently Exo so. Squad didn't really get much of a um, shelf life nah, on, didn't, in Australia. Didn't so, here. Yeah. No, I, don't ever, I, don't, I don't remember seeing it at all. But no. that. Maybe correct. Charles Charles McFall shouted that out when he was he, he did was on yeah. With us. yeah yeah so that's great thank you very much for that and we've just got enough time to head into our latest and last segment. Whoa, dude! Nice score. It is the latest scores. This is a segment where we go around the room and chat about some of our latest pickups, if we've had any. And if not, maybe just a really cool toy that we want to get our hands on. Ben, we'll start with you. Yeah, so I um, recently picked up uh, some uh, Battle Beast Battle Chariots. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. So, uh, they looked absolutely mint. They're, like they're pretty good. And yeah, yeah. Um, they're pretty darn good. Uh, I picked them up from um, Instagram, uh, uh, from Mingles. Shout out to Mingles Toy Box. Um, so yeah, he was selling them all three, all in working order. So they've got a bit of a pullback action. Um, you pull them back and they shoot across the floor, 
and uh, also if you um, push the uh, push them, uh, they will the uh, have a chomping action, so the mouth will open and close while it goes. Um, it they house one figure each uh, to drive. Um, so there's a tiger, a deer, and a sheep. And because um, I didn't want to sacrifice my uh, tiger, sheep, and deer as um, figures, I said, you know, by any chance, do you have these, uh, you know, figures for sale as well? And he said yes. And I said, chuck them in, and uh, we'll work out a deal. So um, not long after, I had them in my hand, and um, yeah, everyone was going nuts because uh, I don't think too many people have seen them, especially in Australia. And uh, yeah, as Trent said, they're in pretty darn good condition. The stickers are all, um, you know. Uh, very nicely presented yeah. and uh very clean and um yeah it's something i've never seen in with my own eyes so never seen them in reality so yeah that's the first one yeah. yeah they must be pretty obscure here yeah de- i definitely here for sure yeah. um yeah not 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 by far not the rarest uh items and um they are only small so that's why i sort of went for them and the fact that all three complete you know battle chariots in one hit i thought yeah why not uh, mm-hmm. yeah so nice very be. happy so i've had um in quite um quite a bit of um success lately um we've not really looking for too much of it, but just coming my way, some vintage Teenage Ninja Turtles, both mint on card and loose. And the gentleman um, on the table around me would remember that one of my Holy Grail items was a foot cruiser. And I can now say I'm the proud owner of a complete loose nice. foot cruiser. Um, that well, came in a yeah. lot with That's some awesome. other very exciting turtle stuff, including the entire wave of the Toon Turtles and uh, Loose uh, Complete and um, Sandstorm and um, the... That's the camel? The camel, yeah. Yeah, yeah, the camel. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. and the giraffe. I've just... Yeah, half half court. Half court, yeah. yeah. Well done. Couldn't forget the name. And one other item, when I say the the, um, Toon Turtles, there's one other item. This item is not complete. It's not something that I ever thought I would um, get, but it was in the lot. So I got it, and I'm happy to say that I have the Channel 6 news van. Oh, oh nice. wow, Davey. Oh, well Davey just shut our podcast down. <laughs> <laughs> he, he's been after that for ages. Oh, yeah, that's tough. Awesome. That's tough it's not to complete. It's not complete. Yeah. So do you get, like, Toon, Shredder, and um, Vern? Like, yeah, Vern, um, Irma. Sorry, Velma. Velma from the Irma. the the neutrinos. Yeah, yeah. Green um, Green April or not? Green April. Comes I don't with have the Green yeah, April. No, she comes, she comes band, with the van, yeah. but yeah. the van's not quite complete. It's missing a couple. Of yeah. Yeah. Well, Sh- Shredder yeah. and Irma are the two I'm missing from mm. the the Toon stuff, which annoys me because they're so expensive. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and Shredder is like you know that, that's probably. You know, it's, it's by no means perfect because it's still that meek looking, yeah. you know, yeah. almost... It's the same like, sculpt. Same yeah. sculpt. Yes, yeah, same sculpt. It up a bit more like But yeah, it does look like a bit more like the cartoon accurate design. But So that, that Very that's good. for me. Cool. Plus, yeah. I've also scored some nice mint on card turtles recently as well, yeah. vintage. Mm. God, turtles. Not even yeah. trying. It's just, like, yeah, yeah literally not even trying. They just came my way, yeah. and I'm like, yes, I was <laughs> Okay, I'll do it. Uh, yeah, yeah. Um, I got a bit of turtle stuff myself as well. I've been able to complete two rather big, expensive turtle lines, and they are the Mondo turtles. Um, had the last one of those a rock up with Raphael. Um, 
my wife was a bit confused because one of the alternate heads he comes with is just maskless, like no mask. And she's like, oh, you can't display him like that. And I said, do you know what? Have a look at all these turtles I've got. I do not have any without the mask on there. That's how it's going to be displayed. And he's, again, the articulation in those things is really cool. They look straight off the comic page. So very, very pleased to get the, the last of those four. Also got completed my Necker set with uh, Big Necker Mikey there with his little pack of pork rinds, which just makes me so happy they included that as an accessory. It's like a little bag, isn't it? it it's is, not it's, sculpted. No, it's, an it's, actual... it's an actual bag. There's yeah. obviously something in it. Um, and so it actually has like weight and, and yeah. sort of texture to it. So it's, it's really cool. I think I've got him just holding it up with one hand and just a big grin thumbs up in the other. <laughs> He's like, look, I've got pork rinds. Yeah. like. Uh, so that was really like cool. you know Mikey would be doing absolutely, absolutely. and then you know the, the the sort of photo possibilities you have with those the set of four I might might lend them to Ben for a day yeah. so he can take some amazing photos as he does <laughs> uh, so that was very cool to complete that it's been a long time coming uh, just recently the last couple of days I've gotten a whole bunch of Supergirl stuff which was really cool I got a, a big sort of A2 size uh, canvas type thing that's done in the DC bombshells, bombshells type yep, yep. sort of artwork um, which is very cool. I've got to find a home for that. And a couple of the six-inch, uh, it was a DC designer um, figures where it's like it's old school, like um, where she's almost just got like a full-length sort of blue dress on uh, and she comes packed with uh, crypto, crypto and like a little a cat. With, it's got a cape yeah. on, I don't know. The, I think it's designed by Darwin Cook. That's the one? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. so that was, that was very Darwin cool. Cook. And also just because I saw it there, I picked up the uh, Megatron from the, the last night. So the recent movie stuff. Again, I didn't pick up much from that line other than the Optimus that I already had. And this Megatron is looks absolutely vicious. Like he's got horns that turn into like a, a face mask and he comes with a big... Oh, it's not even a sword. It's like a sword, but it's got a big sort of curved hook edge on it. And he just looks scary detailed and turns into a really impressive looking plane as well. So, mm. yeah, a bit of everything. Very nice. Um yeah, for me, it was getting the 1989 Toy Biz Batcave. Yeah. So, mint in box, unopened. Um, some beautiful artwork on it. You know, it doesn't quite look like um, Jack Nicholson from the movie, and, and Batman sort of looks like a, a black repainted superpowers Batman. <laughs> but it's um, how he's meant to look <laughs> in that art. Yeah. But um, very, very cool nonetheless. What's really interesting about this is uh, the box is really unique because you know now you know certainly i think pretty much into the 80s for the most part there's certainly well into the 90s all the boxes are you know nice high gloss print on card um all the way around beautiful this is actually like um almost like a two-tone cheap sort of cardboard box that's been printed on and then for the for the front and for the top it's just a like a sticker of <laughs> you know stuck on this yeah, really yeah. sort of cheap box and the, and the box is sort of stapled with these massive staples connecting it. <laughs> so it's almost like, you know, what you'd buy some Ikea furniture or something in, in, in that box, yeah. but with the nice sort of glossy thing stuck onto it. So it's really unique. Are, are you sure? There's of... actually... Yeah, don't open it, <laughs> yes, man. Right. It might have some Ikea furniture inside. <laughs> well, I was a bit concerned, but I, I did talk to Darren. He did recall yeah. it being like that. Yeah. Too, I do. So, yeah. Yeah, look, I, I think if you do your research, there's uh, a number of toy lines that did that. I uh, when you said that, I um, sort of thought the Sector's Hive. Yep. Uh, that's very reminiscent. Um, uh, all the you know Masters of the Universe, uh, big playsets. A lot of them have got the nice um, artwork on the front and the sides, but then you flip it over the back and it's just got that plain red yep. uh, sort of outlining. Uh, so it's it's probably just um, 
you know, they they, they want to invest more money into the toy yeah. and less into yeah, the uh, actual shipper because, you know, they're from the toy company's point of view, uh, they just want to get it into consumers' hands and then mm. they're going to open it. So yeah, it's right. essentially, yeah. in their eyes, it's going to end up in the recycle anyway. So yeah. I think you've also got to bear in mind that Toybiz were new to the action figure game at that point too. So, you know, their resources wouldn't have been a Mattel or a Kenner or a Hasbro at that point in time. They were playing the game for the first time. Mm-hmm. True. Yeah. Very interesting. Thank you very much, gentlemen, for joining us on Toy Power today. That was great. And thank you very much for tuning in if you're listening to us. Um, really appreciate your support. So thank you very much, and we'll see you around the toy aisles. Thank you for your company, and good journey until next time. You can find the Toy Power team at all the usual online places. Facebook.com slash Toy Power Podcast at Toy Power Podcast on both Twitter and Instagram or have your say and email us toypowerpodcast at gmail.com subscribe to the show on both iTunes and Stitcher and please leave us a review otherwise we just assume we're awesome we are a proud member of the Giant Size Team Up Network check out all the awesome shows on this awesome network full of okay people want to learn more go to giantsizeteamup.com where you can find us and a whole lot more awesome shows well they're not more awesome than us but yeah. oh, oh.